Hi everyone, I'm doing something I've never done before. I'm releasing a bonus episode that I did last year as a regular release for all of my listeners. The reason I'm doing this is, well, it's sort of twofold. First of all, I needed a week off. I've been doing this now for two years nonstop. That means every single week I've put out a new episode sometimes two episodes, and I just wanted a little time off. The other reason, and the primary reason, is that most of my bonus episodes, when I post them, have something to do with the main episode that I've released to my general public. There's been one exception to this more or less hard and fast rule, and that was the episode that I released in memory of the great Martinique-born French soprano Christiane Edapierre, one month after she died last September at the age of 88, especially because a number of listeners have asked me if I have posted about Edapierre. I thought that it would be really appropriate that I give you this full episode. It also gives you a little taste of what my bonus episodes are like, for those of you who want to become a supporter of the podcast, please go to patreon.com slash countermelody, where you can pledge any amount, either $2 a month on up or $25 a year on up, and you will gain access to all of the bonus episodes that I have posted. I also want to point out that I am issuing a bonus episode today that contains some rare material from two quote-unquote hyphenates, that is, Christiane Edapierre and Teresa Giliscara. I have some rare records and live performances that I have obtained since I posted the episodes on both of those artists. That's another reason to support the podcast, because then you'll be able to listen to that very episode, as well as this one. I've decided not to change anything from the episode that I posted last year, except to substitute some cleaned-up tracks, because the source material that I had for a couple of them wasn't so hot. Don't be alarmed by the different theme song. It's just the music that I use for the bonus episodes. Although, it is true, I will be coming up with a new theme song for Season 3, which will be debuting in the middle of October. I've already talked way too long, so without any further ado, here is Christiane Edapierre. Thank you so much, and love to all of you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this bonus episode of Counter Melody. I am your host, Daniel Gundlach, and as always, this episode of Counter Melody will focus on the topic about which I am most passionate, great singers and great singing. So, without any further ado, here's today's episode. to all of my Patreon supporters. It's me, Daniel Gundlach, and I'm so excited to present you with another bonus episode of Counter Melody. Oh wait, what's that? I hear something. Oh my god.
Yes, my dears, that was the great French soprano Christiane Edapierre, who died a month ago today, on September 6th. I knew Edapierre from her recordings with Colin Davis, two in the Berlioz cycle, Benvenuto Cellini, in which she sang Teresa, and Beatrice et Benedict, in which she sang Hérault. She revealed herself to be a very lovely singer. I also remember, of course, her Constanze, which she recorded with Colin Davis for Phillips, and which she also sang at the Met. That made less of an impression on me. It seemed like more of a soft-grained voice that lacked the oomph for Constanze, I guess. Anyway, with that in mind, I tended to dismiss this singer. And let me tell you that upon her death, I started listening to more live recordings, revisiting her studio recordings, and I discovered that there was a hell of a great and versatile singer in there that I was simply not aware of before. I'm happy to say that she was really upheld as an icon in France. She was born in Martinique. She went over to France to study at a very early age, and what we just heard was from relatively early in her career, a 1970 appearance at the Wexford Festival, singing the title role in Léo Delibes' L'Acme. I would say that for the general listener who's even aware of Etta Pierre, probably what she's most famous for is her Mozart, and perhaps her Baroque recordings. But she also was a powerful force in contemporary music. Many new works were written for her. She was a bel canto heroine of the most supreme accomplishment. She had a trill like nobody since Sutherland, and that was just the beginning of her technical arsenal. It was an even voice from top to bottom, as you just heard in that excerpt, all the way up to high E. Thank you very much. Her coloratura was so accomplished, but always informed with the drama behind the music. Here's an example of a very early recording of hers from 1966. She had already made her operatic debut nearly a decade before, but this is one of her first recordings. It's of the aria A la chasse, armez-vous from Ramos, Hippolyte et Arissi. The orchestre Jean-François Payard is conducted by that very same Monsieur Payard.
One of Edapier's most important and famous assumptions was singing the role of the angel in the world premiere of Olivier Messiaen's opera Saint-François d'Assise, Saint Francis of Assisi, in which she appeared opposite Kenneth Regal and, in the title role, José Van Damme, another singer that we have enjoyed on the podcast and whom we celebrate as a superb interpreter. Here's an example from Act 2, Scene 5 of the world premiere performance. This is called L'Ange Musicien, the Angel Musician. I pieced this together to include most of the angel's interjections in between extended and, and gorgeously colored instrumental interludes. Seiji Ozawa is conducting.
Another Baroque opera in which she appeared, and she appeared in a great number of them and was really appreciated for those performances, was In Dardanus of Rameau. In this 1981 studio recording, she's singing the brief excerpt Malgré le Dieu des Mers. Edda Pierre also appeared in Les Indes Galantes, Zoroastre, Les Boreades, among other operas by Rameau.
Eda Pierre created a lot of new works, and she appeared in performances of composers from Berio to Varese. But as I said, there were also several world premiere creations. This one is certainly one of the most famous and scandalous. This is the title role in Charles Chain's opera Ergebette. This is a live recording from 1983. In this opera, Eda Pierre creates the role of Egebet Batori, who was a member of one of the most illustrious families in Hungary, who was also a sadist, a torturer, and a murderer, and who eventually was shot up in her castle after it was discovered that she was responsible for the torture and murder of many, many young girls. Here's a description from the liner notes to the recording. Her life was lived outside of a human time scheme, obsessed by a strange and unfathomable eroticism, and by witchcraft, she fell prey to a profound intoxication which engulfed her forever in her irremediable solitude. That doesn't sound French. I'm going to play just a short section from this piece. I'm going to play this portion from the fifth section of the six scenes of the opera. This is called Illusion of Sensual happiness, again from the liner notes, total splitting of the personality by the imaginary appearance of Ilona, a favorite young girl with a marvelously evocative voice, impassioned dialogue of the two characters, increasingly carnal presence, difficult frontier between eroticism and sadism, the latter dominant and leading to the inevitable murder, desperate recourse to witchcraft. For those of you who don't know this style, of French work. I've appeared in an opera at the Bastille, which was also distinctively French. Just enjoy, or at least take in, this scene. Il peut être à la fois de 
même de laboureur, c'est cette histoire. La couronne d'épines, le sang qui en pleut doucement, la plaie au côté, son cœur rouge en plein rayon, et la pluie des cieux, c'est la procession, la procession des cadavres. Five years prior to this creation at the Paris Opera, Edda Pierre appeared at the Aix-en-Provence Festival under Raymond Lepard in the title role of Handel's Alcina. And by the way, what is this now with people, instead of saying title role, saying titular role? Please stop that. The sound on this recording is not fantastic, but the performance is extraordinary. This is an excerpt from the climactic aria a mio cor.
From toward the end of her career, we now have an excerpt from a studio recording of Benjamin Britten's Les Illuminations. This is the exquisite song Being Beauteous. Oh, <laughs> 
Here is one of the stranger selections that I'm going to offer you today, out of many strange selections, actually. This is by the French composer Maurice Thirier, who died in 1972 and was a composer of, among other things, a lot of film music, also some stage music, including three operas. One of those operas, Oedipe Roi, Oedipus the King, was based on an earlier version of the piece, composed in 1940 and 41, to a text by Jean Cocteau. The Sphinx in the Oedipus story, in this version, is portrayed by a coloratura soprano. In this performance, from the 5th of January 1972, that coloratura soprano is none other than Christiane Edapierre. I love this sort of overblown, incredibly evocative French music from this period. Some material that I was reading about him was comparing him to Francex and Poulenc. I'd like to also suggest perhaps Oneguerre. See what you think. Hope you enjoy it. Soudain, il s'arrête. Il y a là quelque chose qui bouge. Quelque chose de petit, de suspect. Quelque chose qui fait battre et qui lève le cœur. C'est le sphinx. d'oiseaux femmes, de femmes chiennes, de chiennes oiseaux, de chiennes qui chantent, d'oiseaux méchants qui posent des devinettes. Si on ne devine pas ces devinettes, ils vous tuent.
Edith a deviné l'énigme. I had mentioned earlier that Edda Pierre was very celebrated for her Mozart, and I found some very impressive performances of hers. I did confess earlier that I was not the biggest fan of her Constanze. I prefer someone like Edda Moser in that part, but I think in this live performance from San Francisco Opera in 1977, she is absolutely perfectly cast as Ilia in Idomeneo. First, I'm going to offer you a truncated version of the marvelous opening scena of Ilia called Padre Germania Dio.
recent regular podcast episode, we heard a couple excerpts from the strange and magnificent Maria Ewing. Here she is as Idamante singing a duet opposite Christian Edapierre from that same performance, Sio non mori a questi accenti. This again is live in September 1977.
I had mentioned that Eda Pierre was a superb bel cantista. This was a wonderful surprise to me. Here's an example in a 1970s studio recording of Il Barbiere di Siviglia. This is the second act lesson aria, Contro un cor. beginning of the episode, I played for you from Eta Pierre's performance in Wexford of the title role of Lacme. Here I'm going to play from two years later a performance also from Wexford of the mad scene from Bellini's Il Pirata. I think she has exactly what it takes to bring this piece off.
And now from a live recording from Marseille, two years later, March 22nd, 1974, a portion of the mad scene from Ipuritani. Because I have to keep the podcast down to a reasonable length, I'm only playing you a portion of the mad scene, but the whole thing is worth looking up.
I would propose to you all that Edapierre's talent and gifts found their perfect expression in 19th century French opera. And I'm going to offer you a few examples of that. First, from a performance in March 1978 at Radio France from Édouard Lalo's Le Roi Dix. I'm going to offer you two selections. First, a duet between the gentle Rosanne, portrayed by Christiane Edapierre, and her fiery and destructive sister Margaret, portrayed by the French mezzo slash soprano Jane Rhodes or Jeanne Rhodes.
Here, a duet with the tenor Jean Dupuis portraying the role of Milio, Cher Milio, from the same performance. Thank you. 
example from the Pearl Fishers, Les Pêcheurs de Perles. That was from a live 1974 performance in New York. The following is an excerpt from what I believe was Adapierre's United States debut in Chicago of the same opera, Pearl Fishers. Les Pêcheurs de Perles. Christiane Edapierre is singing opposite Alfredo Kraus with Lyric Opera of Chicago, conducted by Jean Fournet. This is a live performance from November 19, 1966.
is an absolutely riveting performance of the trio from Jacques Offenbach's Les Contes Hoffmann. This is from the Antonia Act. She's portraying the role of Antonia. This performance, you need to look it up on YouTube because it's really brilliantly directed by Patrice Chéreau. This particular performance is from 1978. Here we're going to hear José Van Damme, who a few years later was to sing opposite her in the world premiere of Saint-François d'Assise. Here he is singing the evil genius Dr. Miracle, and the French mezzo-soprano Francine Arrozeau portrays her mother. Get it up, 
And a few moments after this, she expires gracefully on an exquisite trill. I don't know how many times Eda Pierre sang Juliette, but based on this live recording from March 1978 in Nice, she was an ideal Juliette. This is a short excerpt from the fourth act duet with Romeo, the bed chamber scene. The tenor here is a very interesting American singer named John Sandor. I liked him very much. I thought he did a beautiful, beautiful job.
wrote the role of Ergebet for Eda Pierre several years before that, had also dedicated a work to her, specifically evoking her many talents and her life experience. This was an extraordinary orchestral song cycle called Pour un monde noir, for a black world. It was premiered in 1978. It's an approximately 35-minute work, and I was so happy to be able to find a recording of this. It's not very easy to find. This is an excerpt from the final song. It's called Pour la Libération, and it's based on a poem by the Martinique activist, politician, poet Aimé Césaire. I think that the themes presented in this cycle reflect those heard several generations earlier in Ravel's Chanson Madécasse. The musical language here is completely different. I love the way that Shane brings in African percussion instruments. This is a call to the people of Martinique to liberate themselves. These are the words translated into English from the section directly before the portion that I'm going to play for you. When will you stop being the dark toy at other people's carnival? or the obsolete scarecrow in the fields of others. It's this kind of rage and determination that I think is so beautifully reflected in this music, and I think it is the best way to pay tribute to this extraordinary artist. Thomas! Thomas! Thomas!
Until next time, my friends, keep the song in your hearts. I'm Daniel Gundlach.